good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to today's episode of Musings with Jesus. My name is Shola, I'm your host. Thank you for joining me. Um, the title of today's edition is um, A Believer's Code of Conduct. And um, this is a continuation of our example of a believer series, um, still talking in the partnership of God mode. And um, the backstory for this musing is because, you know, just thinking about the fact that and we're bringing the example of the believer into a conclusion today and the reason for musing on this is really about the fact that my realization that every organization has a code of conduct whether it's an association a community a society there is a code of conduct you know an expectation of how every member of that association or community should behave and the kingdom of god the kingdom of christ the uh, body of Christ is not any different. As a believer, there is a code of conduct, and that code of conduct is spelled out very carefully in the scriptures. In fact, Jesus, when he came on earth, a lot of what he was sharing was really teaching people about, you know, what the believer's code of conduct is, if we look at it in that sense. You know, things like love your neighbor as thyself, you know, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. He came to to, to, to to show us not just that he was a savior coming for our sins, but he also came to propagate a, a lifestyle, a new way of being. You know, so there was a new nature, there is a new way of doing things, a new lifestyle, a new mindset, new attitudes. So, so the gospel of Jesus Christ came to change my my nature, came to change, came to change my attitude, came to change my mindset. And came to change my behavior so four things so it, it, it was intended to change everything about me in how I think how I feel how I behave to people and how I live my life on earth so that's four areas in which the Word of God in the blood of Jesus and the uh, and, and the redemption of Christ came to change me and all of that is spelled out in God's code of conduct for his kingdom in the Bible and you know like I always say, these musings are part of me just bringing myself to this realization as to the difference between what God's word says and how I and several others have been living our lives as Christians. And for me, knowledge is power. I am very much a knowledge person. I, I, I like knowledge-based environments. I like knowledge-based economies. I like knowledge societies because we can argue about anything, but we do not argue about facts. We don't negotiate facts. We don't negotiate truth. We can muse. We can interpret whatever. But when the facts are laid down bare, we, we, we don't argue about facts. So I like knowledge that because it expands the thinking. And looking at the word of God, God has a clear standard. There was a standard for the old covenant um, believe, um, children of God, of, or children of Israel. There's also a standard for believers in Christ. And it's very clear. And honestly, I get the sense right now that there's almost like, you know, we are almost painting the kingdom like anything goes. Once just once I profess Christianity, that there is no lifestyle adjustment, there is no change to my mindset, there is no change to, to, to my behaviors, there is no change to my attitude. I mean, everything is fine because the blood of Jesus cleanses me from all unrighteousness. No, the word of God does not teach that. And I, I my own personal reflection about the t- days and times in which I am living in, is the realization that I have to know the truth for myself because I, I, I think that I think it's difficult to rely on people right now because almost it's like our value system the value system at least in the societies and the communities around me is so flawed I think the self the end justifies the means seems to be the more 
you know sort of like prevalent way of doing things now so it's not so much about whether it is right whether it is wrong whether i am getting undue advantage or whether i'm cheating or i'm manipulating it's about can i how do i get what do i need to do to get what i want and christians even those of us in faith circles we're not standing up as a guiding light we're, you know we're, we're more we've more or less it's like if you can't beat them join them type of mentality and it's almost like we think that god is going to give us a free pass you know for <laughs> for conforming to those these standards or like god should understand you know our society is corrupt there's not much you can do i i don't think god is that way because i think there have always been societies every society is flawed in some way or the other there has always been you know corruption there's always been corrupt societies there's always been societies who are not transparent societies that are unfair that are unjust you know there has always been that so personal responsibility and accountability i don't think god is going to relax those you know those standards for me or for anyone i don't think so i don't he's definitely he's never been that kind of god if he didn't relax it for adam and eve in the garden of eden i honestly don't think he'll relax it for anybody the bible says that he spared not the angels that sinned those ones that left their first estate and decided to come down and come and meet the daughters of men and be doing what they were not supposed to be doing god did not spare them they were you know god said they, they were reserved unto everlasting chains of just uh, uh, of judgment they were bound cast into darkness and you know bound in chains everlasting chains of judgment god did not spare them so he doesn't acquit the guilty and he doesn't lower his standards because then i mean he's not going to change himself in the beginning was the god he's the one that is holding this world according to the standards of his word it's in our interest it's in my interest to have him a just god in charge of the universe and the galaxy and all existence because otherwise there will be chaos so i for one do not want him to lower the standards because honestly we need that standard so today i'm just musing on what the believer's code of conduct is and reminding myself of what god's standard is and i think what sets god apart is that just like every other association has a way of enabling their members to begin to know what they need to do to follow you know the code of conduct of that association the kingdom of god first gives us the word of god the gospel when we receive it we receive a new nature so that's the one thing that i think most associations don't give apart from the ones who are on the other side you know what i mean <laughs> but uh, everybody's born in that sin anyway but i guess they now give you some other negative things but jesus what he first does you know your sin first of all the, you, you come in straight with benefits so the benefit of being delivered from the kingdom of darkness you know the old nature dying with christ and then you know, the nature of sin being destroyed and then the nature of righteousness being given so that's the first thing i get a new nature second thing he gives me the word of god i'm expected to develop a new attitude a new mindset and then begin to have new behaviors as well and the word of god and the spirit of god in me is what then enables me to do that my own role is to ensure that i renew my mind with the word of god and that i make choices that are that are in line with that but and so it all starts with me then understanding the word of god but i must realize that my attitudes my mindset and my behavior as well as the thoughts of my heart really which is what i i would call mindset and all my imaginations it is my role to then bring all of that into conformity with god's code of conduct for the believer 
and that's what we're going to muse about today so thank you for joining me this is going to be an interesting one i hope we will all be blessed and that god will do an awesome work even in our hearts in our lives and that for every prayer that is top of mind for any of us at this point in time in line with the will of god in line with his purpose that god himself will bring it speedily to come to pass in jesus name give us a testimony give us a reason to thank him and to love him more and show himself strong great and mighty in our lives all to his eternal praise and glory in jesus name amen So we're going to start reading just a monthly crew of scriptures, actually. And the first one is First um, Peter 2.21. It says, For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example, so that you might follow in his steps. So this tells us that there's a duty and an obligation for all of us as being a part of the kingdom. It says, We have been called onto a lifestyle of, 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 of selflessness, knowing that even... Christ, who is our Savior and who received us and who saved us, also suffered for us. And he left for me an example that I should follow in his footsteps. And the life of Christ was all about sacrifice, was all about service, was all about living for others and fulfilling God's purpose. That is the example that Christ has set for me. It is not a a, a, a lifestyle. There was no time Jesus ever prayed for God to bless him. <laughs> there was no time. As in, We have no ex- example of that. So really... Yeah, so it really the uh, and that's why I, I I'm I'm now understanding that whenever I pray, whenever I pray for God's blessings, it should be towards it should be to asking God to bless me for His purpose, not blessing me for me. And I've, and, and that's why and that's what James talks about in one of the um, chapters in James where he says we ask and we don't receive because we ask and miss so that we can consume it on our lust. A lot of us, I think right now, including me, I have been guilty of that in the past. And I'm making that change now. Now I think I'm at that place where I do not ask God for anything to consume on my loss. In fact, I'm even, I'm, I think 2020 has completely purged me of those desires. In fact, I, yeah, to a very large, in short, to a very large extent, those things don't mean anything anymore. But before then, I think I was guilty of that. But over the last two, three, four years, God has been bringing me to that place. But this 2020 has locked it in for me. But for a lot of us, just like where I was and, and have been for a very long time, just asking so that I can consume it on my own loss. Not, not, no purpose for God. And even now that I think about it, I think there's still more space for me to even grow in that space. Now that I think about it, actually, because I think, hmm, I think what God expects is when we get to a space whereby the things that we have, we are keeping it, we are using it as a channel of God's blessings, not for, not having them to make ourselves just to make myself comfortable. And not being concerned that so many other people are not comfortable as well. So Matthew seven twelve says, So do whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. So this is about us just putting ourselves in the shoes of others. And I think if all of us were to do that, the world would definitely be a better place. It's easier said than done. Because this what I find is that man is naturally selfish. We think of our own comfort, self-preservation. That's why we don't open our doors to strangers. We don't, you know, it's just, it's just the way the modern world is. But what the word of God does is that it challenges us to think differently about the way in which we do things. Because if you're a stranger and you needed a home, if you are homeless, would you not hope that somebody somewhere would look at you and 
open his doors to you or find a place for you to stay even if temporarily yes maybe you are not homeless maybe i'm not homeless maybe i never will be but what this scripture is telling me is that if perchance one day i was in such a situation or something like that or in some very unimaginable state of need what would i hope that people would do i would hope that people would take me in and i'm talking to myself now because yeah or i would hope that i would find a place for that person to stay or that people would get interested so these things are easier said than done i would say because i mean for some somebody like me hmm, i think self-preservation for some of us is so so strong we just have to i pray that god brings me to a place where i can relax some of that self-preservation and take more risks in terms of how i relate with other people and do the and go out of my comfort zone to do the things that god will have me do yeah i think that's that's really it philippians 4 it says whatever things are true whatever things are honorable and yes we're talking about the believer's code of conduct whatever things are honorable whatever things are just whatever things are pure lovely commendable excellent if there is anything worthy of praise on in any in, in that i can see around me that is what i should think about so this is god now spelling out the code of conduct so that it can affect my mindset so that i can begin to develop the right attitude towards things and i can begin to behave in the way that he would have me behave there is a believer's code of conduct and that is starting from the mental how i think because god is concerned about my heart and about my mind and about changing me from inside out but i have to agree with him and by submitting my words and my thoughts to the dictates of his words whatever things are true honorable just pure lovely that's what i as a believer i'm supposed to give my mind to philippians 3 17 says brothers join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us this is um paul also telling us about how we should role model good behaviors and follow those who are following the behaviors of christ second timothy 3 1 5 to 7 this is paul speaking to timothy he said but understand this now i'm going to read this this is first timothy 3 1 to 5 and then verse 7 i'm going to read this scripture and then we'll talk about it a bit but understand this that in the last days there will come times of difficulty for people will be lovers of self lovers of money proud arrogant abusive disobedient to parents ungrateful unholy heartless unappeasable slanderous without self-control brutal not loving good treacherous reckless swollen with conceit lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of god having the appearance of godliness but denying its power avoid such people verse 7 ever learning but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth men who resist the truth men of corrupt minds reprobates concerning the faith so this second timothy 3 to me is a perfect description of the days that we are in and i think i and every other believer should be aware of this because it's such a snare it's so around us that we as believers we will be ensnared if we are not aware it's like when you are going to a country if you're going for instance to a society or a country or a place that the culture is so different from what you're used to it's good that you are aware before you are going so that when you get in there you know what you need to avoid what you just know if there's something about their diets you know that may not go well with you is it's important to be guided so that you don't unwittingly start eating something that is going to harm you also that when people start inviting you to certain part of the 
culture or the lifestyle you, you just know what you're getting into and that's really what i think this last days is all about and the last days have been on for a very long time but this is very very potent for now and i think even more than when i was a child i think so because um when I say lovers of money, you, I wasn't. It wasn't like this. It was the level of materialism. No, no, not. It was definitely not like this. Several decades ago, it wasn't. In fact, then it was about hard work. It was about you know. It was so many things. Materialism has been exalted beyond anything right now. Having money, no matter how you got it, nobody really wants that final detail. They just don't want to know. And even in faith circles, it's that way. Just come and you know, give a testimony. Praise the Lord. This is what God has done. Nobody asks you how did you know what what's really going on here nobody cares arrogance exalted to a point is almost a virtue abusive yes disobedient to parents well yeah to a very large extent but i mean that's for me that's not even so much of an issue as the lovers of money and lover short lover of self oh oh yeah yeah and like i said it's something that with unconscious because even me i can say I mean, the lovers of money, I'll say to some extent, yeah, but not that much. Maybe lover, yeah, but not that much. But lover of self, yes. As in self-preservation, which is what I talked about. And, you know, it now says slanderous, unappeasable, without self-control, brutal, not loving, good, treacherous, reckless, swollen, ah, pride, pride, swollen with conceit. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. But what is funny to me here is that it appears that he's... Paul is warning us of such people within the kingdom. He says, avoid such people. He describes them as ever learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. So these are people inside the kingdom. And he says that they are resisting the truth while they are still in the kingdom. Men of corrupt minds, reprobates concerning the faith. Yeah, he said we should avoid them. He said we should avoid them. So why I included this scripture along with the code of conduct is so that we know that these are these things, everything described here is a violation of the code. Being disobedient, being abusive, being arrogant, being proud, being a lover of self, being a lover of money, being heartless. You show the level of heartlessness. Okay. Being unappeasable. In other words, people are begging you. They are begging, begging, begging. Mm. Slanderous. Just maliciously slandering people for no reason no self-control brutal and treacherous people modern day iscariots he said we should avoid them that's that's the scripture so the code of conduct aspect is of course if he's telling me to avoid them that means that i'm not supposed to be like this and he says that such people they have an appearance of godliness but they deny, deny the power so these are people who on the surface look like they are godly but he says they deny, not just that they don't have the power. Because sometimes you can be godly, but you just that you don't have the power. He says they are denying the power. So what this tells you that these are people who are resisting the truth of the word of God. They are resisting the power of the Holy Ghost as well. He says we should avoid them. That they, will, they are ever learning, but that they will never come to... Ah, He says they are, reprobate means a mind void of judgment, corrupt. So completely sold to self completely sold to the love of money completely sold to power ruthlessness greed this profile is so exact that i think anybody listening me I, there are people that i can already plot with names into this profile and i think anybody listening to you will know there are people that are like this 
who fits into the profile of everything or at least majority or a considerable portion he pers- and, 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 and Timothy personalized it. So he wasn't saying, you know, and, and definitely we're in the world. So there are people who will have little bits of this. But he's saying for those people who are in the kingdom and they are demonstrating all of this or significant portions of this, he said we should avoid them. So this is different from an unbeliever doing all this. Because that person that you know is his sin nature that is making him do that. Such a person... Those are the people that we preach to. Those are the people that we demonstrate Christ to. But the people within the kingdom showing these behaviors, he said we should avoid them. That is what Paul is advising by inspiration of the Holy Ghost. He says because don't think they will change. He said because they have chosen to make their minds void of judgment. He says they are ever learning that you and them, you will be listening to the same word of God. You will be coming to the knowledge of the truth because your mind is pure before God. They, they will never come to that knowledge of the truth. Their purpose within the kingdom is to sow discord, is to bring forth the purpose of God, to enforce and enhance the worship of every other thing apart from God. He said we should avoid them. Very, very important. Ephesians 6, 4 says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in discipline and instruction of the Lord. Again, code of conduct. So there's, even for parents, and I see this very strongly, because even in my nation, Nigeria, what has happened is that the youth have been provoked. That's why they're out on the streets. Because when fathers, when parents do not do what they're supposed to do, and they're showing very, very bad and negative example, yes, by the time the children grow up, they're able to discern what's right or wrong. They get to a state, they start challenging the parents. Daddy, you're not doing wrong. You're not doing right. That's what's going on. You can call it whatever name you want. What is happening is that we have provoked our youth. So there's a code of conduct for a believer as well. And why is it important to know this? Because I hear some older my generation people saying some things be very careful that you're not standing on the side of, um, of, of of oppression and injustice that somebody is older does not mean he's wiser that we are older does not mean we are right and that is what this scripture is saying it says bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the lord that means uphold fairness justice righteousness integrity and truth do what you're supposed to do as a as a father verse 10 says but thou has um this was um okay i think um, i think this is verse 10 of first timothy or second timothy what we read before timothy was now telling them that thou has fully known my doctrine and manner of life in the sense of purpose in my faith in my long suffering in my charity and in my patience lead by example there is a code of conduct for the believer christianity is not an anyhow thing let's not think that the, which i'm not to deceive myself that grace of god covers everything no or allows for for lawlessness no God will hold me accountable for the way in which I live on this earth. There is a code of conduct for every believer and it's not optional. So, um, I still have quite a bit of scriptures left to read. I will try to breeze through them pretty fast. But if I am not, if I think time is going too much, then I may break this into another segment. But otherwise, I really wanted to end this today. But let's see where we get to. So, First Corinthians 11:1 1 says, "Be imitators of me as I am of Christ." Yeah, we've read that. First Peter 5:3 says, "As a leader." So this is another code of conduct. Don't be domineering over those in your charge, but be examples to the flock. Do not lead by fear. I see a lot of people doing that, even in faith circles. 
I don't know where we get this leadership style that, you know, God himself does not lead by oppressing us. It's very, very demonic, I'm sorry to say. Leadership by fear. Some do leadership by manipulation. Some do leadership by division, leadership by control. But the worst of them all is leadership by fear. Because the spirit of fear does not come from God. 2 Corinthians 5.10 says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. So this is Paul now telling the church in Corinth. And you know, in Corinth there was a lot of sin. So we see that each of the epistles addressed different things depending on what was the issue in that um, church. So in Corinth, there was a lot of people doing all manner of things. Sexual immorality, all kinds of things. So he was telling them that, look, don't think that God is going to have a separate standard for the children of God or a separate code of conduct or we have a free pass on the code of conduct because we are in the kingdom. No. He says, no. That all of us, including me, I will stand. I will appear before the judgment of seat of Christ. And God, I will God will give to me, I will receive what is done, what is due to me for what I have done in my body, whether good or evil. Everybody says we we all. This is Paul saying it. Even him, Paul, we appear before the judgment seat of Christ. He said we we all. We must all. That's what he says. So the code of the conduct is the guide, and that is what will judge all of us. We'll be judged against that code. So it's important that I know what that code is, so that I know what I'm going to be judged against. Christianity is not an anyhow thing. God is not a lawless God. The universe is upheld by laws, even up till now. The sun rises in the east, it sets in the west. There are laws of sowing and reaping. The Bible says, while the earth reigneth, seed time and harvest, it shall not rain. It shall not, it shall not, um, um, shall not cease. Women still babies nine months in the womb, you know, seed time and harvest. Well, it's still it's still running. The universal laws are still there. First Timothy 5 5 8. But if anyone does not provide for his family, house, especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. This is what the Bible says. And this gives everybody, any member of a household or a head of a household, to it gives us the, um, the right to be able to ask that God will give us what we need to be able to provide for the household. Philippians 4.19, the economy is not an excuse. There is a code of conduct. A believer is not expected to be somebody who cannot provide for the household. We know the economy is tough. We know all of that. But what then this gives every believer the opportunity to do is to apply my faith so that God can create opportunities for me to be able to get what I need to provide for my family. Again, this is about having the right intent. And I believe that any heart that really has that intent of wanting to progress for the sake of the family, for the, and, that, for the, and that family is very much um, directed towards the purpose of God, God will supply all their needs according to his riches and glory. Because he is at the center of what that family standing for so i see a link between this first timothy 5 8 and philippians 4 19. if we align with god then god will align with us if i align with god god will align with me first peter 5 3 says as a leader okay i've read that romans 12 2 says um i 
I, I appeal to you therefore brother, brethren by the message of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God which is your spiritual service worship or your reasonable service so I am to present my body unto God holy and acceptable which is my reasonable service that's part of the code of conduct um, um, spiritual that, um, that's my natural physical morality Romans 10 14 says how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed and how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard and how shall they hear without a preacher part of my code of conduct is that God has committed unto me the ministry of reconciliation I am supposed to preach the gospel it is my rule every believer is part of the code of conduct how I will preach it yes it will differ the context however how many times who when where and when but we all have that ministry I have the ministry Philippians 2 13 says do nothing based on rivalry or conceit but in humility count your others more significant than yourself that's part of the code of conduct it is the opposite of whatever it is that we have learned in the world but this is the code of conduct Ephesians 5 18 says do not get drunk with wine but be filled with the Holy Spirit yes so what God is saying is that for that natural vacuum that every heart has do not look for it in alcohol do not look for it in drugs do not look for it in natural substances do look for it in the Holy Spirit receive that baptism and stir it up for you what you I need to be is to be filled with the Spirit not to be filled with drunk with wine so that I can fulfill God's purpose. John 15 13 says, Greater love has no man than this, that someone should lay that a man should lay down his life for his friends. That is the code of conduct. I am supposed to count others more significant than myself. I am supposed to live a life in service and in sacrifice to others. That is the Jesus example. That is the kingdom of God's code of conduct. First Peter 4 15 says, I should not suffer. Let no none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler in other words busybody or gossip so he said it is that those that live godly in christ will suffer persecution but if i'm persecuted for the sake of christ then happy am i because i have received and i will receive a reward in heaven but i am not supposed to suffer so suffering in christ does not include evil doing so part of my code of conduct is i must not be a murderer i must not be a thief i must not do evil and I must not be a meddler in other people's business. It is part of the code of conduct. You can imagine getting down to the level of busybody and meddling. Getting down to that level. So these are really high standards. Galatians 6.2, and I'm bringing this to a close now, says, Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. God has called me to be a burden bearer. Burden bearer means helping out with spiritual burdens, helping out with physical burdens, helping out with material burdens, helping out with emotional burdens as God gives me grace. I am to bear one another's burden, particularly to people in the body of Christ and also to those that are outside. That is the code of conduct of the believer. And finally, Revelations 1.1. When um, John received the revelation of Jesus Christ, this is what he said. He says, the revelation of Jesus Christ, blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear and keep what is written in it, for the times are near. So I will close by saying, blessed are those who familiarize themselves with the code of conduct as written in the word of God. Those who read aloud the words of God's prophecy, and blessed are those who not only hear it, but keep what it is what is written because 
we will all, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one of us may receive and we will surely receive what is due to us for what we have done in the body, whether good or evil, whether according to the code of conduct or in violation of the believer's code of conduct. May the Lord enable us to hear and to keep what is written in that code for the days are evil and the time is near. May the Lord help us all. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of Musings with Jesus. Um, If you are already saved, I encourage you to continue in the study of the word and the faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. But if you are not yet a believer and you are yet to give your life to Christ, you know, maybe you have in the past or you're just, you just feel you're at a point where you need to really make a commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ and you would like to give your life to Christ, please join me now in a very simple prayer. You can say this after me. You can say it under your breath. You can say it in your heart. The most important thing is that you believe. Romans 10 verse 9 to 10 says if we believe with our hearts the lord jesus and we confess him as lord he will save us and that with our hearts man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation so please join me in this um, short prayer almighty god i confess that i am a sinner i believe with all my heart that jesus christ is lord uh, please, I would need you to repeat this after me. So let's let's take that again. Almighty God, I confess that I am a sinner. I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that he is the way, the truth, and the life. I believe your word that you sent him to the earth to die for my sins and you raised him from the dead for my redemption. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. Save me from sin and save me from spiritual death. Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Help me to know you and to serve you all the days of my life. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Jesus name. Amen. Father Lord, I thank you for everyone that has prayed this prayer and I commit them unto you and unto the word of your grace. Thank you for being able, I know that you are the one that is able to build them up and to give them their own inheritance in the saints. Father, let your name be glorified. Show them your way. Show them your will and let them walk with you in Jesus name. If you have prayed this prayer, congratulations. You are now a child of God. You have every authority to deal with God as a father. I would recommend that you begin to build a relationship with the word of God through the Bible. And I think a good way to start is to get a good Bible and start reading from Matthew. Read about the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's very self-explanatory. The words will come alive and they will just do miracles in your hearts and in your mind. Um, Please stay tuned to this podcast as well because it's an ongoing journey. It's a daily podcast. We we record every day and I trust God that every day God will give something that would inspire you and make your journey with him and the world even more interesting. I would also recommend that you go to www.bibleprojects.com 
which is a site that has the Bible explained in very short and simple narrative videos. It also has podcast recordings. There's a YouTube channel. You can check it out as well. I think BibleProject.com is an excellent introduction into the Word of God and what it means to be part of the unified story in Christ Jesus. And finally, I would also recommend that you find a community of Bible believers near you, um, informally, online, wherever it may be. And um, let's share this experience and begin to build the journey as you would. If you would also like, you could also record a voice message and send it to me on my channel through Anchor FM Musings with Jesus. I wish you all the best in your ongoing journey with the Lord. And I plead that the Lord will keep you and bless you. Thank you for joining and for being a part of this. God bless you.